50 high school senior girls descend on Mobile, Alabama every summer to compete for a massive cash prize. It isn't Survivor. It's one of America's most lucrative scholarship competitions for teen girls. It's been around for seven decades. Now you'll hear what took place behind the scenes. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery comes the competition. Host Shima Oliai was Nevada's contestant 20 years ago. Now she's returning as a judge to find out what two weeks with 50 of the country's most ambitious teens can tell us about girlhood in America. What happens when the competitors are thrown into the deep end with the best and brightest? And how does surviving the competition prepare them for everything that comes after? Follow the competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of the competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And we're the girls behind Comments by Celebs. And welcome back to another episode of our Kardashian bonus show. Hey, Jewel. Hi, Em. I am so hyped for this one, Julie. I got to tell you, I really, really am. I know. This is a good one. I was was excited when we were going to do it last week and I've had like a week to marinate with it. So now I'm extra excited. I know. So as you guys know, we last week we're going to start with our season two recap, which is what today is going to be season two, episode one. And then with everything going on um, with Kanye and Kim, we kind of devoted that episode to that. But we are back and... I don't know. The first episode so far, we've only seen, you know, two seasons backtracking, but the first episode of these seasons really hit hard. There's just something about them. They get us off to a good, good start. You know what I mean? It's like a different type of nostalgic. Mm-hmm, exactly. You don't realize how many lines came from these first episodes. You also don't realize like what the, you forget what the show was like then. Like you forget how different than it is now. Everything was so new. Like there was nothing cliche about them at any point because everything was just fresh and new. Yeah, you're just learning all these things about them. It, it, it's a very unique experience. Again, I say to every anybody who's listening who isn't watching and is kind of using this recap to be the, the equivalent of watching, I totally get that. And I love that we can do that for you. However, if you do want to take the time to watch, I promise you it will not be wasted. You really will enjoy just seeing them on screen in a way that you are not used to seeing for such a long time, I feel like. Yes, exactly. Definitely. Shall we get into it? Yes, please. So this episode centers around two main plot lines. And the first is Kim's growing fame. And the second is Courtney and Scott's relationship. And of course, we're going to get into the details of both of those things. And as always, if you're new here, scene by scene, we recap everything. Julie transcribes quite literally the entire episode. And we kind of just, you know, are going to go through some points that are very interesting to look at through the current 2020 lens. But those are the two main things that were going on here. So opening scene, we start in the Calabasas ranch and Kim comes in and she's like, Oh my God, guys, listen up. I have an announcement to make. Did you guys know that I'm the number one Google search last week? Which, by the way, Julie, that even the first line there, I'm like, okay, we're in for a classic episode here. Like, you know what's funny is that that used to be such a thing. I couldn't even tell you what was the top Google search anymore. It's just what's trending on Twitter and trending on Twitter changes literally hour to hour. Minute to minute almost. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, so Chloe's like, oh, Kim, shut up. You're so into yourself. Kim's like, and then yesterday I was the top AOL search for the whole week. And Courtney goes, do you also know that you were the number two on the dumbest people from the New York Post? And Kim goes, listen, as long as they're talking about me, honey. <laughs> Which, that was well, my favorite line ever. Well, I think that that was, I don't know if you do this, but I think that you do. As I go through this, I try to pinpoint things that I feel like she learned from Paris because, you know, as 
Kim now even says that on her kind of rise to fame, she really had Paris there to coach her through it. And I feel like that was a line that was something Paris would openly say, you know, any kind of like any press is good press in a way. And I definitely the Kardashians held on to that earlier in their careers. But I think Paris Hilton in a lot of ways, potentially, it's just a hypothesis influenced Kim to that thinking. Yeah, definitely. I mean, mine was more about like the Courtney saying she was the number two dumbest because I felt like that line was always so iconic. I don't know. I watched the show from such an interesting lens of thinking about like who Courtney and Chloe are now versus like them being the snarky side characters back then. And I think it is so, it's almost more enjoyable the role they had then versus now because they just didn't have to give a fuck. It didn't matter. They could do whatever they wanted. They could say whatever they wanted. And it was so much fun always. Well, it's interesting because two weeks ago when we were doing, you know, Chloe's Harper's Bazaar 2016 interview, and she was talking about what it was like in the earlier seasons of Keeping Up. And she said, you know, in the beginning, me and Courtney kind of just agreed to it on a whim. And we decided to do it because we would be with family. She was like, and, you know, we didn't care in the beginning. We just said whatever. And it's so evident having that interview in the back of my mind and then watching this, they truly did not give one fuck. And it is so unbelievably refreshing. It really, really is. I so agree. I know. Yeah. So, you know, Kim's asking Chris, she's like, listen, is there going to be a manicurist on set for my photo shoot? And Courtney and Chloe this whole time are kind of just making fun of her. Like, it's very clear how much the fame is getting to Kim's head. And, you know, that's one of the main storylines here. But you can really see she has no shame. She doesn't, she's not trying to, she's not being shy about it, I feel like, if that's a good way to put it. You know what I mean? No, because also... It's very different when somebody I feel like is achieving their like dreams, like they're a singer, they're they're like an actress, like and their measure of success is like how their album does or how their movie does or what like critics say. Like Kim's dream was being famous. Her only measure of fame is how famous she is. So it comes off as like we're normal people who were talking about what they've achieved, like when they're like talented and they're achieving things that way, they like brag about like their accomplishment. But Kim's just bragging about her accomplishment being fame in general. It's so, that's such a great point. It's because to her, to her, the Google search is her tangible asset. She's not climbing the billboard charts. So to her, that's kind of equivalent. Yeah. It's not, she's not getting an, an Oscar nomination or whatever it is. Yeah. It makes total sense. So, you know, Chris says to Caitlin, she's like, sometimes I just do not know how I got stuck in this horror movie. And Caitlin says in her confessional, she's like, you know, Kimberly's got to learn how to deal with this thing called fame. The world doesn't revolve around her. She may think it does. And Chloe goes, you know why she's the most Googled person? Because she's Googling herself. Again, <laughs> such a such an iconic line. But also, it's it's very clear just in this scene, and I think this scene is a good representation of the earlier seasons, I know we say this every time, but it's just so crazy every time I see an interaction like this. How, yes, of course, the difference in fame, we all know that. And I think that that will just be a forever thing. Kim will be the most famous Kardashian. But also, it never came across to me as jealousy. And I could just be off here. It almost came across as like, wow, Kim's really going for this thing that we have no interest in, which I think as the seasons start to go on, that changes. But it it didn't come across to me like they were envious of where she was at. They almost were looking at her as if she was a, from another world. You know, like, how is yeah, this? I how? Never, yeah, I never thought of it as really jealousy either. But maybe that's just because of the fact that Chloe and Courtney, usually when they were talking about it, were like, it was more snarky and sarcastic. So it didn't come off that way, but it easily like could have been internalized jealousy. Yeah, I think maybe a little bit, but it didn't seem like they wanted what Kim had because I think the way she 
she described fame to be this very kind of overwhelming thing. And I think that they were almost happy playing the side role, which as we know changed, but right. I don't, it's just a whole bug. The whole thing is bug. Okay. So the first real scene, Kim is on the red carpet at an event and we see her in her confessional and she's in this brown turtleneck and Julie wrote in the outline, she goes, side note, best she's looked thus far, right? And like from season one till this point, I mean, yes, I felt the exact same way seeing her in this confessional. Why do you think that was? Um, I just thought she looked so good. I think that what happens a lot of the time is that like when they show pictures of Kim to show how much she's changed, like they show particularly bad pictures of her in like 2007, 2008. So we always think back of her of like not having it together yet. Like not having, like she was always beautiful, obviously, but like just look wise, like fashion wise, makeup wise, like we always think of her as just not having it together yet or not being in that place. But I just felt like in this confessional, she had it. Mm -hmm. I completely agree. And she says, she goes, you know, I'm finally in a really happy place in my life right now. Everything from career to family is going perfect. Every night it's a different red carpet event, a different photo shoot. There's paparazzi everywhere I go now. And Courtney says in her confessional, she's like, yeah, you know, we've been doing a lot more things together as sisters, which I think that this is what I was just talking about. You know, they definitely are still on the peripheral of Kim's rise to fame. However, comparatively speaking to season one, they're more in it. It seems like there are maybe more photo shoots that they're a part of. It's it's almost like this was more so the start of building their brand, whereas season one, the entire focus was building Kim. Yes. If that makes sense. I, I think that their roles as like main characters, because they are main characters now, like it's not the Kim show anymore. Like Kim's the most famous, but it's not the Kim show anymore. Like you can have episodes where you don't see Kim and then you don't even like think twice about it. I don't think that for Chloe, that was like solidified until Chloe and Lamar happened. I think that's when we were like, okay, she's she's a main character now. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's very true, actually. So, you know, this is kind of when they introduced the fact that Kim is dating Reggie Bush and Chloe's explaining how he's on the road a lot. You know, he's obviously playing and, and Kim misses him, which this kind of set them up for, set her and Kim and Chloe up for a very long history of dating athletes. And I think that they would experience the on the road thing a lot. But this... Chris's line in her confessional sets us up for the Scott plotline because she says, I think it's great that she's really happy. It looks like two of my girls have found true love. Okay, we cut back to the Calabasas Ranch and enter Scott. And let me tell you something. Chris and Caitlin are so happy to see Scott. They're calling him Scotty. They're, it's, it, you know, I think that something that's just so fun to watch when you watch it from the beginning is the, not only the trajectory of Courtney and Scott's relationship, and yes, I recognize it was not linear, but also the family's relationship with him and kind of their journey to Scott acceptance, which sounds dramatic, but it's exactly what happened. (laughs) And also not linear. And also not linear. And so I don't know, for me, it just made me happy watching Chris and Caitlin so openly embrace him, so excited to see him enter the house. It kind of felt like, you know, he was starting to really become part of the family. They had been dating for a year and everybody was on board with his presence. It's also Scott has such a thing when he walks in and he's so like loving to them too. Like he comes in and he gives Caitlin a big hug. He goes over to Chris, gives her a hug and a kiss. Like he walks in the way you want like your son-in-law, quote unquote, to walk into a room. Absolutely. I also think- you know, I don't know. I, I just think he has a lot of qualities that he's the kind of guy he kisses his parents. You know, when his parents were alive, he, I'm sure he kissed them on the cheek. He kisses Chris and Caitlin on the cheek. It's just the way that he interacts. He's not a handshake yeah. kind of guy. No, no. no, no. 
you know, not there's anything wrong with that, but it's just, it's, you can tell that his presence has a lot of warmth. And I think that that's really appreciated because they're not the kind of family that needs someone that's standoffish. If you're in it, you're in it. And he was down to be in it from the very beginning, which I think was admirable. Yes, I agree. So, you know, they're talking about, they're kind of just joking around talking about how Scott is lactose intolerant and Caitlin makes a comment like, oh, is this an error in the gene pool? And Scott's like, well, it's a little bit, it's a little, you know, hurdle, but hey, I got the looks (laughs) department. All good, which again, so small, so insignificant, but plays to the bigger thing of they were already making comments to them potentially starting a family together, which would not have been the case a year ago. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. So, Courtney, her confessional, she's like, Scott and I have been together for a year now. Everything's going really well now. I haven't been able to open up with a guy since my high school boyfriend. And it's like the first time that I'm being really honest and affectionate. I think that we're both doing really good they're just on the couch. They're so touchy. They're so lovey. It's, I have to tell you, for those of you that are in my same boat of like, really like Sophia, really want them to be happy, but also really believe that Scott and Courtney are end game. This watching these scenes are both exciting, invigorating, yet also deeply saddening because you realize that that's not the case now. It is motivating because I do think that it reminds me and hopefully all of you of what they had and hopefully what they can have again. But it definitely is a little bit of an emotional roller coaster. Like if I had my period while watching this, I wouldn't be doing so well, if you know what I mean. <laughs> it's kind of our boat now. Like I'm kind of in it. No, Julie, you're like in it. I know, but I hate to be like too into something. Well, I'm not ready to get hurt again. I know, but there's a difference between optimism and false false expectations. I don't know if there is. <laughs> I haven't decided how I feel on that statement yet. I don't know if there is. You and I, I think are, I'm the definition of an optimist and you are the definition of a realist. Don't you think that's accurate yeah. to say? A hundred percent. Yeah. I, I find myself, I actually, I catch myself. I don't mean to, anytime there's something, I always will frame it. I'm like, but, but. And I, I can't help myself. And you are so the opposite. I don't think one's better than the other. It's just such an interesting difference in our personalities. Yeah. I mean, optimism might be a little bit better, but. No, it depends who you ask. It depends on the scenario. Exactly. Okay. Next scene, they're at Dash. This is at night. They're kind of just going through the stuff. And Kim's like, you know, I just feel like you guys have no idea what I'm going through. You have no idea. And Chloe's like, you've become so up your own ass. And she's like, I'm not up my own ass. I've just been really busy doing stuff. Courtney goes, okay, I have to go meet Scott because I have his old phone. And Kim's like, wait, you have his old phone? And she's like, yeah, it's like his phone from four months ago. And Kim's like, have you gone through it? And she's like, I'm not a spy like you psychopaths. And Kim's like, okay, but I am. Give me his phone. So Kim takes the phone out of Courtney's bag. She's wearing this black patent leather bag. I just, the, the, we could do an entire other series just on the fashion night. It's hard to do it on a podcast clearly because it's not visual, but goddamn, is it a ride? I just have to throw that in there. I know, anyway, I know. So Kim starts to go through his phone and Courtney's like, oh my God, come on. What is the point of this? And Kim's like, what do you mean? What's the point of this? You want to know what your boyfriend's up to? And Kim in her confessional is like, I am queen of 007. I could break into any phone. I could get any code, hear any voicemail. I know how to do it all. Okay. Before we get into the discovery that they found, it's so funny because this has been a trait of Kim's that we have known from the very beginning and it continued to show itself. She is so proud of her ability to be a spy. I feel like it's something that she repeatedly talks about. But you know, what's funny is this is like our first experience with it. Like this is the first time she really mentions it and it just continues to be like a plot line throughout the show. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Is this, it's so hard to watch with this lens. Is this, I really, I think you're right. This is technically our first, our first introduction. Yeah, you're right. 
because then it really like there's other little moments, but it, there's one episode where it really hits its peak when she's with Chloe and Chloe's boyfriend is they think is cheating on her. I, th- I don't know if this is season three or it could be even season two. Chloe's boyfriend is cheating on her and Kim breaks into his voicemail. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. I remember that. So- oh, I remember that vividly. Oh, fuck. Julie, I cannot believe that we have a million more seasons to go. No, like, there is something so unbelievably calming for the Kardashian bonus show in knowing that even if, God forbid, this year was the last year of keeping up, we have an unlimited inventory of things that we can go off of. You know, we don't have to, it's not like the regular episode where we have to pray for an engagement or we have to pray for a breakup or a pregnancy announcement or something to talk about. It's like, we have the content there and it's just about what we make of it. It's so calming. (laughs) It's so almost frustrating that we didn't think of it earlier. Well, we're here now. So that's all that matters, right? That is all that matters. You're correct. Yeah. Okay. So there, you know, she has the phone, Kim has it and she's looking through it and she goes, wait, it says Kira model. And Courtney's like, what do you mean? Let me see. And Kim's like, it's so funny when guys write codes. I'm like the queen of codes. And Chloe's like, that's a Miami phone number. And Courtney goes, wait, he has a text message from somebody called my wife. And it says, I loved looking into your eyes last night. And then she said, yes, it was great seeing you. This is when he was in the Hamptons. And then he wrote to his loser friend, I wish I could come to LA for a week and not tell court, but the second we go out, she'll know I'm in town. Okay. Kim and Chloe are losing their mind. This was like, not that Kim wanted Courtney to be hurt, obviously, but if you take away the sister side and just focus on the spy side, the 007 side, as she calls it, this was her goldmine. She felt like she just uncovered something that she had been dying to uncover, right? Right. Like Courtney's like, why are we doing this? And then Kim's like, no, no, just trust me. Just trust me. And then it ended up being right. Like that's the best feeling. Yeah. It's the best feeling. Also the worst feeling, but, but the best feeling. Yeah. So Courtney's in her, in her confessional and she's like, I cannot believe Scott's could have cheated on me. I'm sick to my stomach that this could have even happened. Chloe's like, I'm really sorry, Court. That is not okay. And Kim goes, I feel like he's one person when he's with you. And then he's another when he's not with you. Chloe's like, I just would never let someone treat me like that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, like you we have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have to acknowledge it. We have to. Okay. I first just want to say the last thing that either of us are going to sit here and do is be like, "Wow, Chloe looks like a fucking idiot now." Like, no, things can happen. I don't think she didn't plan on this to happen. However, from a 2020 lens, it is very, very uncomfortable and a little bit cringeworthy, if I'm going to be honest, to watch this scene and hear the way that Chloe speaks about the self-respect that she has regarding men cheating and then go to current day. And that's really said with no judgment. I recognize it's complicated. She has a kid. It's totally different. But if I'm just being honest with you, it's very hard to watch that scene and not kind of cringe for a second. No? Somebody posted another one on TikTok, not this scene. It was another scene. I can't remember who it was about or who they were talking about, but Chloe was saying, she was like, I would never just let somebody continuously cheat on me like that. Like I would never put up with that. It's not something I would ever do. And it's just, uh, what I'll say about it is it's not that I think Chloe changed. It's not that I think her mindset changed. I think that it is so fucking easy to say that until you're in the situation. Because Mm -hmm. also you have to remember that like, Chloe being cheated on, this isn't like a Tristan new thing. Like this is what she went through with Lamar first. So like, I just think it is so easy to be the judgy friend about other people's relationships when you're not in that situation. And then as soon as you're in the situation, all of a sudden you're not the judgy friend anymore and you want other people to understand what you're going through. And I think this is 
the most universally relatable thing because the advice you give your friends and like how strict you are with your friends or your sisters is not what you say to yourself. No, first of all, that's spot on. And also, you know, I think if you had, if you ask the Kardashians, like all in all, are you happy that you have so many huge, not only huge life moments, but also just interesting experiences documented? They would say yes, totally. However, it must suck a little bit to have moments like this captured on camera for the world to then call out your hypocrisy. Because how many people, how many girls have said, oh my God, I would never do that. And then cut a year later, they're doing the same thing. However, theirs is in films and on a national <laughs> national television and everybody can make jokes about it. So I don't think that she's unique in this experience. I just think the fact that it's filmed and then played during times like this is what's unique about it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So Courtney in her confessional is like, I think that whenever I'm in a crazy emotional situation, I definitely do rely on my sisters for guidance and support and just what to do. And Chloe's like, you need to break up with him. And Kim goes, I think you should say something to him. So they're sitting down and in the heat of the moment, she calls Scott and she's like, so who's Kira? And why are you staring into people's eyes? And Scott's like, what are you talking about? Kira who? Staring into whose eyes? And she goes, why don't you tell me who Kira is? Tell me all about her. I'd love to know. And he's like, about what? I don't even know what you're talking about. And she goes, unless you're going to be honest, I have no reason to talk to you again. Okay, got to go. Call me when you want to be honest. And he's like, what? She hangs up. So they're sitting in this, in Dash, you know, after dark, <laughs> Dash after dark. <laughs> I would fuck with that show hard. <laughs> I would fuck so hard with that show. And you can see in this moment, it is dead silent in the room. And Kim and Chloe kind of look at each other as if to say, what the fuck did we just do? You know, Kim was doing this in kind of a playful way. And yes, I do think her intention was to find something, but I don't think she expected it to escalate so quickly within five minutes. And, you know, Courtney goes, I'm so disgusted and sick right now. I'm leaving. Chloe's like, are you sure you're okay to drive? And she's like, I'm fine. I just need to go to bed and never talk to losers like this again or associate them in my life. She dramatically walks out of Dash. Kim literally just like blew up a situation and then watched it burn to the ground. That's exactly what happened. And also, you know, (laughs) I was thinking, I don't know why I had this thought, but as I'm watching Courtney very dramatically exit, you know, with her patent leather giant purse on her shoulder, I was thinking, imagine if in this moment, the text from Kira was the end of Scott and Courtney. Could you imagine? We would never have Mason. We would never have Penelope. We would never have Rain if fucking Kira from Miami fucked it all up. You know what's funny is that I was literally just thinking, like, do you think Courtney and Scott didn't work out because she could never trust him fully after this? Yeah, literally, Kira, if you're fucking listening. (laughs) Literally, white people ruined everything. I know. So Mother's Day is coming up, and I know sometimes it can be difficult figuring out what to get your mom because... Realistically, no gift is going to do justice for how much you love and appreciate her, but I'm sure you've done the classic, you know, bathrobe, candle, sweaters, gift cards. If you're looking to mix it up, I want to tell you about Aura Frames. So they were named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter, and it's just the kind of gift that is guaranteed to bring joy because realistically, there's nothing our parents love more than seeing us. So for them to be able to see more of us, even if you don't live close by, like that is probably the best gift you could give a parent. They're Wi-Fi connected. They come with unlimited storage. So you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. And it's easy to set up. It takes about two minutes to set up a frame using the Aura app. We have one in my kitchen. And every time my dad comes down for breakfast, like it just makes him so happy. There's pictures of me, pictures of me and my parents when I was little, pictures of my grandparents. Like I think as a parent, you never get sick of that. And it's just the kind of gift I know she will love. 
Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code CBC at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Next scene, Courtney is at Smooch with Chris. And Courtney's in her confessional. She's like, I really can't stop thinking about this whole Scott situation. The quotes of the phone keep popping up in my head and I just really can't stop thinking about it. But the last thing I need is another annoying person like my mom to get involved. So this is just between Kim, Chloe, and I. So Kim and Chloe walk into Smooch and they want to see if Courtney can go to lunch. And you can tell she's really, really down. And she's like, no, you know, I can't. I just have so much to do. And Chloe's in her confessional. She's like, oh, poor little Courtney is sad and depressed. I don't know if she needs alone time. If she's just sad, I'm just kind of concerned. (laughs) So dramatic. It's just so dramatic. Yeah, but at the same time, is it? (laughs) We just watched Love Almost Die. (laughs) Fucking Kira. So, (laughs) you know. (laughs) Kim's like I feel like we need to do something to cheer her up and Chloe's like what she's like you know let's go on a girl's trip they basically decide that Cabo is the perfect place to go it's close it's out of the country Scott can't call which is hilarious that that was something they were thinking of you know the difference in the cell service then I know I was like why wouldn't Scott be able to call like it didn't click in my head also like Scott could have called like well you guys weren't rich enough yet to pay for like international minutes I know And in her confessional, Chloe's like, I feel like if we left it up to Courtney, she would just sit in her room all weekend contemplating and thinking about Scott. So Kim and I come up with the best idea to take Courtney to meet Cabo in Cabo San Lucas. Okay. They're in the airport. They're on their way. They're kind of cheersing to like, no Scott allowed. Fine. We get to Cabo. Kim's asleep. Chloe wants to go and do things. And... Next thing you know, we see this giant kind of montage of their day. They're getting massages. They're drinking. They're at the beach. They're really just having... I loved these trips. These were the simpler days. You know, these were, Kylie wasn't renting a fucking villa in Turks and Caicos. Kim wasn't on some mansion in Costa Rica. They were just having a classic Cabo trip. And quite frankly, as a viewer, I was loving it. I got to tell you something, Julie. I was loving it. Watching the Kardashians fly commercials like a straight, so- straight shot of serotonin. <laughs> right? <laughs> I can't explain it, but there's nothing makes me happier than watching those, watching them on a commercial flight. It's very unsettling in a way. You, you start, you know, to me, it just feels so unnatural. Oh my God. I think I love it. I'm like, ah, oh, you humble beginning you. Like, it's so funny to me. Also, if there is one thing, and I mean literally one thing that has not changed about the Kardashian, it's the fact that every single vacation starts off the exact same way with Kim and Courtney not doing anything and Chloe wanting to go do activities. Every single vacation ever starts off that way. First of all, spot on. Second of all, it's not that I'm not always thankful for Chloe because I am, but on vacations, her spunk really comes out. I know I just used the word spunk and that was weird, but that's how I feel. I couldn't think of a better word in that moment. I just feel like she, I I knew you hated it. I had to say it first before you said it. I was, I knew you were like, you were like cringing from that word, but I just feel that way. Her, what's, what's another word? Her vivaciousness. Is that a good word? I guess they all kind of sound pretty bad to me now. (laughs) Okay, well, I think we should move I, on. I think that instead of playing thesaurus, we should just move on. Okay, well, I love Chloe's love of life, so there's that. Oh, okay, God, that was so worse. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next scene, Julie. I'm having so much fun. Are you having the best time? Yeah, the best time ever. I know. I feel uh, like you guys. Cabo. 
No, we are fully in Cabo. Okay. So for a quick second, we flash back to Calabasas and Chris answers the phone and it's Kim from Cabo. And Kim's like, mom, my hotel situation in Miami is all screwed up. So Chris in her confessional says, you know, a few weeks ago, Kim asked me to book her room in Miami for an upcoming event, but it's been so difficult trying to get exactly what she wants. And Kim says, she's like, listen, I'm not going if I'm not having a suite at the Satai. I want the $2,500 room, the best room they have, the couple bedroom suite. And Chris is like, really trying to kind of reason with her. She's like, Kim, the particular suite that you requested has been booked for a year. And she's like, I don't care. They need to get that room. That room needs to be magically become available for me because I asked for it a month ago. And Chris is like, you know, you're asking for all of these things and to have all of these requests and I'm trying to do my best to get what's done, what you really want. And Kim goes, I don't want to stay in a piece of shit hotel. Like everything you booked for me in Miami has been the worst hotel ever. And Chris is like, I don't know what's gone into you lately, but you should really check your attitude. And Chris says in her yeah. Before you begin, she didn't say this. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this didn't happen. Yeah, this was a lot. <laughs> this was I a lot. I like agreed to pretend to be this person, but there is no way that we watched this girl for 16 seasons. And then I'm not saying she's perfect. I'm not saying she's not bratty. But, like, there's no way that in 16 seasons, she had one moment where she decided to be the world's biggest diva and then was like, that wasn't right. I'm going to get over this. Like, she didn't say this. <laughs> yeah. Also, it's interesting with Satai. Not that it's not a nice hotel, but it just wouldn't have been what I would think is her first choice. I don't know why I felt that way. So in her confessional, Chris is like, you know, she can holler at me or raise her voice or get angry. I understand she's frustrated, but don't be a spoiled brat because this is how life is. It's not all perfection. And Kim says in her confessional, she's like, listen, I don't think it's asking for too much to stay in a nice hotel in a suite. Thank goodness I'm not asking for a private plane. Oh, Julie, I was like, you just fucking wait. So Caitlin says, Caitlin's like, you know, she really can get this attitude stuff. And Chris is like, we're on her team. You know, we're just trying to make her life cushy. By the way, Chris says this statement very passionately in her bedroom with the stripper pole wearing a bright red juicy tracksuit. And it was such a moment. I just had to say that. I love that. I miss the juicy tracksuit era. I really, I really do. It was, it was a time in my life. I miss it for both watching it and enjoying it firsthand. Let me tell you a little bit something. Nothing makes your ass look better than a pair of juicy track pants. It, it just, it just does it. You know? I know. I know and I don't have an ass and that's how I know. Yeah. There's just really, it, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, no matter what you came in with, like we are going to build you up. And I appreciate that a lot. Yeah. I okay. actually think that the butt lift in- industry like really came into fruition once Juicy Couture came out. If Juicy Sweatsuits came back in, I don't know. Plastic surgeons might need to find a new job. That is a brilliant point, Julie. Dr. Oriana is fucking- I would have described that as brilliant. (laughs) Yeah, that was brilliant. I loved every second of it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Julie can say nothing and I'm just like, that was genius. I loved every moment of it. Tell me more. (laughs) That's why I keep you around. (laughs) I know. I'm like your little cheerleader. I know. Okay. Next scene, we're back in Cabo and Courtney's kind of alone on her phone and Chloe comes over and she's like, what are you doing? Are you texting Scott? And Courtney says in her confessional, she's like, listen, it's nice to be away and it's gorgeous in Cabo, but I really can't stop thinking about Scott. And Chloe's like, I leave you alone for five minutes and look at you. You're no longer allowed to have your phone. So she takes the phone. Then the three of them are at dinner and Chloe's like, how do you think that guest bedroom is going to work out tonight? Come in handy. And Courtney's like, come on, you know, that's not my style. Chloe's like, you never know what happens in Cabo, honey. 
And in her confessional, you know, Courtney's like, listen, Chloe keeps trying to push me into hooking up with a guy tonight in Cabo. And that's just not where my head is at. They're at the club and basically Kim and Chloe are really trying to get Courtney into it. They're dancing. They're trying to get her to hook up with guys. And she's just not having it. Like she genuinely looks miserable. She looks like how you and I look anytime we're out for more than like one hour. You know, I was just going to say, if anybody was wondering what I look like at a club, it's that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, that was like you and I at that, I forget what that party was that we went to when I was wearing heels. And I, the second we got out, I just took them off on the streets of New York. I was just like, fuck this. Why did I ever decide to do this in my life? That was, yeah, your that was Courtney. Swollen. swollen. I was holding those suede blue LK Bennett heels, <laughs> hailing the calf. That was, that we should have taken a picture of that. Anyway. You know, she just said, she's like, I'm not feeling this. I don't feel up to it right now. I'm going to go home. And in her confessional, Chloe's like, I think we're having a lot of fun. And the next moment I realized Courtney's gone. She goes back to the hotel room, which like, I got to be honest with you. This is just personally, but I think a lot of people would agree. There is nothing better than when you're really not having a good time. The music is blaringly loud. Everybody around you is so drunk. You really want to get home and you get back to your hotel room and you are alone and it's quiet and you shower and you get into your bed and you have been in bed for like two, three hours once everybody comes back and you just know your morning is going to be so superior to theirs. It's a very unique feeling. And I felt like that's what she was about to experience. And I was happy for her. It's the best feeling in the world. Leaving somewhere is the best feeling in the world. I've never been somewhere where it was better being there than it was leaving. First of all, yes. Second of all, my number one, if I think back to like this, the pre-corona, one of my favorite moments ever would be when you and I were on our way back to the apartment from anywhere and I'd look at you and I'd be like, frozen yogurt. And we'd order it and we'd time it personally, purpose, perfectly and it would get there you know, within 30 minutes of our arrival, that was life. And we timed the edible perfectly. We'd get home, we'd take off the jeans, we'd put on sweatpants. Oh my God, Julie, I'm getting excited. We'd take an edible. The second the edible hits, the doorman would call, Grubhub, yes, tell him to come up. We'd fucking get that frozen yogurt. We'd set up the toppings bar. I know this wasn't the experience Courtney was having, but in my mind, that's where I was going. And it was beautiful. Wow. Wow. I, I know. Wow. I, I know. forgot that we used to do things. We did a lot of things. I, for, I, I still forget that we've ever met. <laughs> I know. Who are you? Oh, somebody asked that question last week. Like, no, Julie and I cannot see each other when we're doing this. It's a hundred percent audio, which is why I, I, we're both a little bit self-conscious about like, I totally get that we sometimes interrupt each other. It's never on purpose. It's just that there's sometimes a second delay. And also I do recognize that we sometimes specifically me, well, after a thought, I make like a validating question, like, you know, or isn't that true? Because you have to understand I'm recording this from my mom's closet. So I'll be going on a one minute, really long, intense rant about Chloe and Courtney and the inner workings of their psychology. And then I look up and I'm literally talking to the dresses in my mom's closet. So I like, I'm desperately seeking some sort of like, yes, that made sense. So <laughs> if, if you hear us doing that, it's genuinely because it's, it's very weird when you're talking into this void and like desperately looking for some response. <laughs> Well, yeah, that's like the office quote. That's like, I never know what I'm saying. I just hope, like, do you ever start talking and then you don't, you have no idea what's going on, but you just hope you find out what you're saying along the way? That's how I feel 98% of the time we're doing the podcast. Yeah, it's a very weird. I mean, if, that's why, that's another reason that, like, we haven't really tried to get guests that much or specifically guests that we don't know because 
one, you know, when we have the opportunity, we will, I think we're both just such in-person people and there's such a different energy around that. But also if you don't know the person, it's, it comes across as very awkward and you can't, you're trying to gauge when they're done speaking and you don't know, you know, it's like social cues is not something either of us have a problem with, but when you can't see the other person and there's a delay, it definitely makes for a little bit more of a complicated experience. Yeah, definitely. Doing your hair has the potential to be such a time-consuming process if you're not using products that really work for you and honestly really work with you. And for me, I'd say generally speaking, my hair is pretty easy to manage, but it does get frizzy. I have a lot of split ends, so I'm always looking for things to manage the frizz. And recently I've been into a new product from Way. It's their anti-frizz cream. So it's a really lightweight cream. It provides immediate frizz control that lasts up to 72 hours and also heat protection up to 450 degrees. So you're kind of killing two birds with one stone. And the thing I really like about it is that it helps reduce and repair split ends while quenching dry hair with intense hydration. So you can feel like it just feels good on your hair. For me, I get out of the shower. I always spray in the leave-in conditioner. I've told you guys about that before, but I love it. A little anti-frizz cream and you're good to go. I also, I mean, I love a lot of things from Way, but I like their detox shampoo. I don't use that every week, maybe once a week, maybe once every other week, but I feel like it gives my hair a really, really good clean. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter promo code CELEBS for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code CELEBS. Next scene, we're back in Calabasas. And Kim says to Chris, she's like, I just called and I got the same suite for $1,700 in the three nights that I'm going to be there. And Chris is like, you keep going on and on about this room. The problem is, and Kim's like, I have it handled. Thanks. This was like the peak of her bitchiness, I would say. Yeah. And Chris says it. She's like, you know, in her confessional, she's like, if I'm going to kill her, if this attitude continues. Okay. Let's get to the good stuff. Shall we? We shall. Courtney is sitting on the couch in the living room and she's listening to her messages from Scott. And you hear, he's like, you know, I don't know why you're being like this. Please just call me back. Very typical kind of boyfriend who knows he did something wrong, desperately looking for some chance to redeem himself. And Chloe's like, he called you. When was that? When we were out of town? She deletes the message. She listens to the next one. And he's like, just call me back. I don't know what to do with myself. Everything's not what it seems. I promise you, please. I love you. Call me. Another message. I love you. You're crazy. And Chloe's like, he knows he's wrong. That's why he's called you four times. And Courtney's like, okay, but Chloe, I'd rather him calling me. If he wasn't calling me, I'd be like, and she goes, I understand you want closure. And that's one thing, but, and then the phone rings. And she's like, oh my God, this is him calling. And she goes, don't answer. And she's like, I want to answer. And she goes, Chloe goes, why? Don't answer the phone. And she's like, I don't know. I just want to get this over with. And she says in her confession, she's like, listen, I'm an adult. And if I choose, I want to talk to Scott. I can do that. And Chloe needs to be supportive of whatever I decide. So she answers the phone and he's like, yo, are you ever going to decide to talk to me or what? She's like, I mean, I have things I'd like to get off my chest and say to you. And he goes, well, whatever it is, I need to talk to you. You want to come over to my house or what? She's like, yes, they hang up. Chloe's like, are you serious? Courtney's like, Chloe, I said, I just want for my own self. It's not like I'm doing him a favor. And she's like, Chloe's like, this is such a bad idea. And in her confessional, Chloe says, I'm really frustrated that Courtney's about to go talk to Scott because I know he's going to make up an excuse to get back to her life. Okay, before we get to their meetup, I had so many issues with this scene. Would you like to go first? No, I want you to go first. Listen, I recognize that this scene was probably dramatized and they had to play into it to play up the storyline. I get that all. However, we're taking it at face value because it's just a lot more fun to do it that way. So... I understand Chloe is trying to be the supportive sister and out of sight, out of mind, maybe kind of the, what she thinks is the best thing. But Courtney and Scott had been dating for a year. They were really serious. In what world, I would love you to show me one girl 
who can just kind of say, okay, I'm done. It's not even like she had concrete proof that something happened and can just immediately not go to see him, not go to talk to him, not want to hear him out, not want to have any sort of conversation. Like what Chloe was asking for was unrealistic. And if the roles were reversed, she would never have done that. Nobody would have. That is, I can't even... And by the way, Courtney's 100% right. It's the issue if he's not calling you. You know, it's one thing if he's calling you to an extent that becomes obsessive or or stalkerish or like, you know, threatening something really dark if you don't call him back. That's one thing. He was just asking for a chance to explain himself. And I think that it's so normal for her to want to do that. And Chloe's coming at it as if like, what what standards are you holding her to? Because nobody would do this. That's how I felt. I don't know if you felt the same way. No, I felt the exact same way. It's the same thing with Chloe again. It's just like, it's so easy to be that person and like stand your ground and want to stand your ground for your sister until it's like you in that situation. Chloe would never have done that either. I don't I don't even think that's like current Chloe wouldn't have done that. If Chloe was in this situation and it was actually happening to her, she would not have done that. She would not have just cut him off and like allowed a one-year relationship to end just like that without any explanation, any closure, any anything. Like what, they were just never going to see each other again? That's ridiculous. Oh, it's right. I also think it's really hard to look at a situation like this when any any girl that's watching this that has been in this situation, specifically with a man who behaves in the way that Scott behaves, you I think you just can't help but associate how you would behave in this. And I just personally I know myself, like I always wanna give the other person a chance to hear themselves out because I, I appreciate communication. And so I was like, I was like triggered, I think for my own self by Chloe. I was like, can you fucking give her a chance? Like, if this is what she needs to do, let her do it. It's such an unsettling feeling for you personally. Like it doesn't even have anything to do with Scott. Like if Scott had cheated and she was going to end it, like fine. But like, it's such an unsettling position to be in to end a relationship and then not have the opportunity to at least talk it through or like have a formal breakup or like get an actual, I don't know, confession out of it. Like, you just can't end it. Like the trip to Cabo was to take a break so that you can come back fresh and be able to have that conversation. Exactly. That's how I thought. I'm so glad we're on the same page there, but I wasn't, I, I thought we would be. We okay. Are. Yeah, we usually are. Okay. Corny gets to Scott's, which I kind of forgot that this was his house. Yeah, me too. I like didn't have any recollection of it. Also, I couldn't tell that it went so fast, the car that she was driving. So I have no idea what it was. And I'm sure it wasn't this. But if you watched it, it really did look like an Aston Martin for a second. I'm, I'm sure it wasn't. But I, it was like a half a second clip and it looked like that, which was just interesting. Yeah, I, I wasn't paying attention. I didn't notice. Which is like so weird. She, I usually do. But yeah, I didn't there. So she gets to his house and in her confessional, she's like, listen, I just want to know what happened. I want an explanation. This is not going to be a pleasant conversation. So they're sitting outside and Courtney goes, I read every single thing in your phone. And he's like, anything that you think was bad, I can explain everything about. And she goes, who's your wife that's in your phone? And he goes, some girl that I dated in like high school. And she's like, and why were you looking into my wife's eyes? And Scott goes, she came over to the house and like, as a joke, we like looked into each other's eyes and we were like, oh yeah, good to see you. And then over text message back and forth, it was like, oh, so good to look into your eyes. And Courtney's like, okay, well, that's inappropriate. And Scott goes, you're right. That was just me being immature and just being stupid. Even talking and flirting with other girls is disrespectful to you. But in no way was that really what I meant. I just always had that image that I thought it was like cool to act like you want to hang out with your guy friends and go out and party. But I do swear my God, I do swear to God to you. I've never cheated on you ever. I don't know exactly how to try to start over, but I'm going to make a change. You'll see. And in her confessional, I know I have so much to say. Just give me one second to finish. 
I know, I know, I, I can sense it. Courtney in her confessional is like, really, really deep down inside, I don't feel like I'm done with the relationship. So I decided to give it a chance, but I really slowly and definitely not jump in with both feet. And he goes, I still love you. And she goes, okay, well, I definitely can't give you all of me right now. And he goes, all I ask is you just keep a somewhat open mind. And she says, okay. Okay, Julie, you take it away. You know how we always say like the bar is literally on the floor for men. Like it just couldn't be lower. In this moment, I'm listening to him and I'm like, you know, I kind of believe him because he didn't pull out the like, well, why were you snooping through my phone? I was like, I just appreciate the fact that he didn't do that. Like the bar is on the floor. It's it's in the base fit, Julie. It's like lower than the floor. It's okay. As, as a, as a, real big time fan of Scott's. This was quite literally the most painful explanation I have ever witnessed. I know my, us reading it is not doing it justice. You have to watch this one scene. He's sitting there like, I don't know. We like looked into each other's eyes. And then, you know, later on, I just said it was nice to like look into your eyes as if that was like some normal thing that people do. Like what? No, I know. I, I have to say though, like I thought that one was obviously like damning evidence like there's really no way to get out of that the text of saying like I wish we could just go out without Courtney one time like wasn't that big of a deal to me no me neither because listen if if relationships were based on how the one partner spoke to their friends and listen of course if it's in a really disrespectful way that's never okay but like you're allowed to want to have solo time with your friends and there are certain things you're going to say to your friends that you're not going to say to your partner and that's I think that's okay but the the eyes one was uh yeah no that that one that one wasn't who would, who would have been cool with that? I can't believe Courtney believed him. Like I can, but I can't. Well, my question to you is, do you think that in this moment he had cheated on her? Um, I don't know. Like when he was talking, I believed him. But like based on the situation, I, I don't know. I don't uh, probably, right? Like he probably cheated on her. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I. Although sometimes you just make a lot of fucking eye contact. It's happened to me. I don't know. <laughs> Has it where all you did was eye contact and then you texted the next day and said, I loved looking in your eyes. <laughs> I don't know. No, it was probably like, oh my God, I wish we could have made out. But for some reason we right. weren't. Right. Yeah. That's like a romantic know. thing to text somebody else. Like it's not even like it's not even like a like a sex afterwards or like something funny. Like that's like a very like intimate thing to say to another person. Yeah, he just very confidently. I, I think it was this. I was kind of uh, surprised and almost impressed by the confidence with which he was trying to normalize this. Where as as a viewer and specifically as somebody who has been in a relationship, there's nothing normal about this. And I, and Julie, you you know you can attest like you can attest to this about me. I'm so not jealous in relationships. I've done the open relationship thing. I would never. I've never gone through like that's just not my vibe. But even this, I was like, that's fucking weird. Like, yeah, no, you're right. So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract and that's one way of avoiding it. 
Or you can go with the trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. So the weather is finally getting a little warmer. And one of the most fun parts about the seasons changing is kind of the wardrobe revamp that comes along with that. And if you're looking to update your wardrobe without spending a fortune, I want to introduce you to Quince because I really think that they do quality essentials kind of better than anyone I found. And I've told you guys about them before, but specifically as the weather is getting warmer, their linen dresses, like such an easy throw on, so comfortable, such good quality. To me, if you put on a linen dress with a pair of white sneakers, a little cardigan over your shoulders, to me, that is such a chic look. Also, they're washable silk blouses. They are so comfortable, but you look so put together. They have great like scoop neck t-shirts, just comfortable, easy staples. Like that is what I like about them. I think that you can really build just a quality wardrobe collection with their essentials. And the best part is that all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. So by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and then passes those savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Get warm rather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash CBC for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash CBC to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash CBC. So we're back at the Calabasas house and Kendall and Kylie are in their room and they're kind of just mocking Kim based on the diva-like attitude she's been experiencing. And Kendall's like, come on, do her pose like she always does. And Kylie's dressed in full sparkles. And she's like, hi, I'm Kim Kardashian. I'm fabulous and I'm the best and everyone does what I say. And soon I'll be the queen of the world. Which by the way, every single time, there's nothing to me like a young Kendall and Kylie just fucking around. It is so useful and so reminds me of the younger days. And as my, listen, I love mom Kylie as much as the next guy. I adore Stormy. I think she's the most perfect little child ever. But for a second, I get nostalgic. I miss the days when they were just kids. I miss the days when she was Stormy. Yeah. I mean, talk about like actually not giving a fuck or like not having anything to prove. They were just like kids being kids. It was like literally the most, like the purest, most innocent thing that could ever happen was a young Kendall and Kylie, especially season one, season two. Once they got a little bit older, they started to get more jaded, but like they were basically just like thrust into this reality show. They're so young. They have no idea what's going on and they get to keep their exact same personality. It's beautiful. It was really, yeah, it's pretty unique. So, you know, Kim kind of overhears them and she grabs Caitlin and she's like, they're totally in there making fun of me. And Caitlin's like, I mean, yeah. And Kim goes, they're imitating me, making fun of me. I overheard them. And Caitlin's like, well, maybe they're watching you and just kind of mocking what you're doing. You know, the old Charles Barkley line, hey, I am no role model. Well, wrong. You are. Especially to these kids. They look up to you. You're their big sister. You're just going to keep the whole thing a proper respect. Don't let anything get to your head. Just stay nice. Just be nice to everybody, including your mother. You know, you can just not act this way. Which, got to be honest with you, I know sometimes we feel like Caitlin kind of kills the fun. No, she laid down the law in a way that it needed to be laid down because Kim was out of fucking control. And again, was this totally acted up for the show? Probably. But are we going to take it at face value? Because it's a lot more fun to do the show that way. We absolutely are. And so I felt in this moment, good for you, Caitlin. 
Well, that's the thing with Caitlyn, and I think that's why they always had such a good relationship with her, was because despite the fact that she was a little judgmental or strict or whatever you want to say, she also, like, cared so much and, like, gave them very sound advice. That's why, like, they especially got close once the show started also is because even though Chris was kind of, like, used to this lifestyle because of her relationship with Robert, it was Caitlyn who, like, taught them how to really navigate. Yeah, which is so crazy to think about now. It really is, looking back. Like, when she was talking about, like, you can't let this go to your head. Like, Caitlyn was the biggest Olympian in the world. Like, it it, it was unmatched. So for Caitlyn to say you can't let it go to your head, it's coming from a place that's like, I've been there. I know how easy it is. You can't let it happen versus a parent being like, I don't like you acting like a brat. They they carry very different Exactly. No, she had a lot more credibility by that. And especially by Kim's standard because fame was her goal. And at a certain point, Caitlyn was the epitome of fame in in the sports world. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay, next scene. This is just, just in terms of the optics of this, this really brings you back in time. So, Courtney is at the gym with Chloe and they're at this, they're at this gym. First off, they're in full hair and makeup doing cardio, which, you know, everybody has little pet peeves. I get really, like, I really have a visceral reaction when I see people in a full face of makeup doing cardio just because I can't, it, it's like stress, sweating and makeup is one, probably my number one pet peeve. I can't do it. So to watch this go on was just so uncomfortable for me to watch. And I know some people do it and it works for them. It's just personally for me, it's like breakout central. So I can't. And I mean, that's the worst thing ever for your skin, no matter who you are. Even if you don't break out in the moment, that is the worst thing you can do to your skin. I don't understand why somebody would actively wake up in the morning and go, you know what I'm going to do today? I'm going to clog the fuck out of my yeah, pores. No, it, it's a completely active poor clogging and Chloe's on the treadmill Courtney's on the elliptical or vice versa and Courtney's like wait you're gonna die Scott wants to take me out to dinner tonight but I want you to come with me and like he needs to explain himself to you guys and Chloe goes I'm not going you're not going he's not gonna con his way back into your life and she's like Chloe you can't make all the decisions for me how many times have you been there for Kim and her lunatic decisions and she's like okay well I'll go because I get it but I still can't keep my mouth shut that wouldn't be me are you gonna invite Kim and she's like no I didn't even talk to her she's too caught up in her own business there was something about this one moment that Courtney, I was just like, I know you're the oldest, but you just seem like a sweet little innocent bunny. <laughs> like she just was like, she was just like, come on, Chloe, you have to be there for me. I was like, yeah, Chloe, you have to be there for her. I, yeah, it was very sweet. I know. Well, Courtney has those moments, I think, where she regresses a I little bit. I just miss her. I miss, you know, I just, I think she's starting to. I know. Yeah. Okay. Maybe Addison will bring out like a youthful side of Corny. We'll get a resurgence there. Oh my God, Julie. Now you're speaking my language. That would be a... I'm always speaking your language. Yeah, wow. Okay, next scene. Corny and Chloe are in the car and Kim calls. And she's like, you know, hey, I just wanted to say, I know you're going through a lot with Scott. And I basically, you know, she was saying like, I haven't had the time to listen to your problems and I've been so busy and I just want to apologize. And Chloe goes, well, you know, speaking of her problems, guess where Court and I are going tonight? And Kim's like, where? And Chloe goes to dinner with Scott. She's like, no. And Chloe's like, yes. And Kim goes, wait, why are you going? And Courtney's like, I'm making her come. And Chloe's like, you know, I'm the strong one in the family. And Kim's basically saying like, why didn't you invite me? And they're like, come. So they pick her up on their way, which (laughs) is just, I know I don't have siblings, but I really understood this because I was thinking of in terms of 
like you or Isabel or my dad, like if you really wrong me, you don't just have to explain yourself to me. Like you're going to sit down with me and my dad and tell me the whole thing. Not that he's going to say a word, my dad, you know, I, but I, I just want you. I, yeah, well, I was thinking that we should adopt them. What? Like I was thinking that me and Isabel should adopt this whole, like explain to the rest of the group situation. We <laughs> basically do. <laughs> I don't think so. I think it should be an in-person explanation. Yeah. I think they should have to explain to everybody. I'm I'm a big fan of this. I do. I love group accountability. It's a beautiful thing. I also, but I just think any guy that I'm talking to knows that any screenshot is going to the both of you. I mean, any, you know, if there's anything, any issue going on, I think it just goes without saying. Of course. You know? Yeah. Of course. Everyone knows that, yeah. I think. Okay. Next scene. They get to the restaurant. Scott's sitting there and... Kim's like, does he know, by the way, if that we're both coming? She's like, no, absolutely not. Chloe's like, he's probably terrified. <laughs> so in her confessional, Courtney goes, I feel really positive about the decision to give Scott another chance, but I really need the support of my sisters or else this won't work. Which I do think also she needed, it was one thing because she wanted you know, them there for Scott to be able to explain himself to them. But also I think she needed it from like a validation perspective. So she didn't have to go back to the house and Chloe be like, yeah, I'm sure you just let him off the hook. I feel like Courtney was like, I want you to do so you cannot right. give me any more shit. You, you quite literally can't. Absolutely. I so agree. So Scott says, well, I get three for the price of one being mad at me. And Kim's like, oh no, three for the price of three. And in her confessional, you know, she says, Chloe's like, Courtney may have forgiven Scott, but he's not getting off that easily with me. And Kim goes, are you gazing into our eyes? And Scott's like, first off, I understand why I was wrong and immature and disrespectful, but the actual things that you think are concrete are completely false. And Chloe's like, why would you page your friend saying, I wish you would have come to LA without telling Courtney so I could hang out with you? By the way, page. Yeah, I know. Like even then though, they weren't using paging. Like it wasn't a thing. You BBM your friend and tell them. The fact that that's even a word, like nobody, that's not even a word in someone's vocabulary unless you're talking about a book these days well you know what's funny is that i know you can't see a visual of me doing this right now so i'm going to explain it the best i can is that there was a tiktok trend asking people like our age and above like if they were if they were like to imitate being on the phone and they were to tell somebody they were on the phone what they would do and like what they would do with their hands and it's like you know you fold in the middle three one-on-one whatever pinky and thumb out and then asking the younger generation, like probably like high school and younger, how they would imitate it. And they do like a, fa- a flat palm to their ear because that's what an iPhone is where we like have it like this because it's a phone. It's, it's, I love, I didn't know exactly what trend you're talking about and I watched it. I love things like that because they're such kind of nuanced things, but they, they speak to such massive technological differences by such a little gesture. Yeah. Right. Like, so there's certain things where like, for example, like us saying like dial the phone, like we know what that means. Not, not that we ever had a rotary phone to do it, but we knew what that was. If you were to ask someone in high school now, like why somebody said dial the phone, they would never even be able to tell you. It would be like the most confusing thing for them to yeah, understand. Yeah, a short amount of time. Although I was talking to my dad yesterday. He was like, when I was, you know, your age and I was watching the Jetsons, I would have thought we would have had flying cars by now. You know, like in a I love yeah, in certain <laughs> ways, I think that it hasn't come as far as you would expect it in other ways it has. But okay. So <laughs> they're really, really all coffee. I know a lot of tangents, a lot, a lot of tangents for an episode. <laughs> a lot of tangents. So Chloe's like, why would you page your friend saying, I wish you would have come to LA without telling Courtney so I could hang out with you. And Scott's like, I can't make an excuse for me being pathetically immature to talk that much shit, to try and act cool for my guy friends. 
And Kim's kind of like throwing him a bone. She's like, you know, it does take a lot for a guy to admit that he's immature. And Chloe's like, I understand it does. Why do you think he's saying that right now? Because he's in the doghouse. And in her confessional, Kim's like, I think Chloe and I know what these crazy relationships are like. Thank goodness Reggie and I don't have that need to be psycho like this. So Kim's like, so what are your intentions with court? And Scott's like, whatever it takes till whenever it takes is what I'm going to do to try and be with her. I'm going to read that line one more time just for dramatic effect. He said, whatever it takes, whatever it takes till whenever it takes is what I'm going to do to try and be with her. By the way, for anybody listening, he said whenever. <laughs> that is means literally whenever. We are in 2020. He fucking means whenever. So keep that in the back of your mind. Anyway, he goes, so obviously, <laughs> he goes, so obviously I'd like to say more to you, but you got the bodyguard over here. Unfortunately, I have to go to the bathroom and I know it's only going to be downhill talking when I leave. At least he's self-aware. At least he knows what he's going to We got to give him that. Yep. (laughs) So Courtney's like, I don't want to be an idiot, but I'm crazy about him. I just feel like I need your support and I can't, you can't have an attitude every time he's there or it's going to make it really annoying. And Chloe's saying like, no, I'm going to be fine. I just have to get it out of my system. And she says in her confessional, Courtney's like, you know, it's nice to know that I can make decisions on my own, but it's great to have the support of my sisters whenever I decide. So Chloe now gets up to go to the bathroom and she cuts off Scott and she's like, Hey Scott, Whatever goes on between you and Courtney is really between you and Courtney. But when you hurt Courtney, you hurt me. And you can fuck her over once. And if she accepts it, it's cool. If you do it twice, I will cut your fucking balls off. Capiche? I love like, it. I'm, I'm sitting there like, and somehow he still has balls. <laughs> somehow he still has balls. How did he manage to keep his I balls? I literally do not know because he did not fuck her over once, twice, three. I mean, it was just, he really quite, he definitely still has balls and, uh, I mean, hey. Okay. Wow, that was a ride. We're at the final scene. You ready? I'm ready. So Kim is in the kitchen. She's cooking French toast. And everybody is kind of flabbergasted. So like, where did where did this bitch come from? <laughs> a minute ago, she was telling us about the sweetest attire. And she's like, listen, I'm making everybody breakfast. I know that I've kind of been very rude and I want to apologize. And Chloe goes, you have. I'm surprised you're not at home checking your Google alerts. And Kim's like, guys, don't push your luck. luck. I'm here to say I'm sorry. I love you. I'm making you breakfast. And Kim looks at Kendall and Kylie and she's like, and you girls, I'm here to also tell you to stop making fun of me. I saw you guys. And in her confessional, she says, I think I've learned that no matter how stressful and crazy things get, you can never treat people the way that you don't want to be treated. And you know, they're all kind of just fucking around. And Chloe goes, Kim's first apology ever. And Courtney's like, in her whole 27 years of life. And it kind of ends, you know, we see a pan out of the Calabasas ranch. And as always, we end on a very kind of positive, full house-esque note. And I was just, I, I ended with the heart, with a full heart. How did you feel? Yeah. I love when we learn a lesson at the end of an episode. It's very Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. I went into that episode not knowing much about how to treat other people. But when we ended, I knew not to treat other people the way I didn't want to be treated. And that's beautiful. Beautiful, Julie. Beautifully put. Is there anything else that, <laughs> is there anything else that you would like to add? No, I, I just love this episode. I love the old episode so much. It's the best, most fun thing to ever be able to do this. Yeah, it is a huge highlight of our day, of our week, of our year, <laughs> of just everything. <laughs> I don't know, just just everything. We love you guys. We are so lucky to have every single one of you. I always say, but it's true. Thank you for caring about the little things as much as we do. And we will see you on Monday for our regular episode. And I also think this episode comes out on the 30th. So it's like the last day for the cashware code. Again, not an ad, literally just doing everybody a favor because it's the best products you will ever get. CBC 20 
um, cloud blanket and signature shawl robe will change your life. Anything else, Jewel? No, okay, that's we it. love you guys. We will see you on Monday for our regular episode.